for the 2021 Campus Outreach New Year's Conference. More information about Campus Outreach New Year's Conference can be found at conycindy.com. But before we get started, I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray. Dear God, we thank you for being an amazing God. We thank you for your amazing love. We thank you for today. We thank you for this moment. We pray that you speak to me, speak to us um, as we talk about you. And God, we also pray for the people we wrote down on the paper. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I eat. About to get it started, y'all, man. But before we get started, y'all wrote down some, some good stuff. Brokenness of the world. I mean, that's, that's like a driving factor for me. Like, I think about it a lot. I think about all the messed up stuff in the world. Um, and then I think about the day that I die a lot too, y'all, man. This might be not the day I die, but like my funeral. I always thought that maybe happened today. But I think about the, the room. I think about like who in the room. And man, I think about that a lot. I know that might be sound like a little crazy person, y'all, but I think you should probably think about that because that's going to come one day, y'all. And you probably should be like, man, what does it want to look like? Man, I think about the people in the room. And it's like, man, who do I want there? Man, I want a lot of people in that deal. I want a lot of people to understand the fact that, man, the day that I die, my life will continue on and actually going to be an upgrade. It's like, but a lot of people in my life right now don't understand that. And that's what this talk is all about. And many of those people who are, don't understand that, they're living in a world which you just wrote down with all the brokenness in there. Um, I tell people all the time, if you really hung around me for at least a year or even heard me talk one time, you'd heard all my talks. Okay, y'all? So I just want to let you know if you heard it before, um, think about it again. All right? But... All I do is emphasize the fact that, man, that Jesus Christ loves you at the end of the day. And I got a couple of illustrations I've been using for the last 15, 16 years of my walk with God over and over and over when it comes to just helping people understand the gospel. But I grew up in a hood. I grew up in a, a broken environment. And I'm going to share some stories about some friends and some family members and things like that. Um, and I, I quickly seen just the brokenness of the world. I grew up around drug dealers, prostitutes, drug addicts. Um, I mean, like, my cousins I grew up with as kids were shot and killed and things like that, um, hit by um, drive-bys and things like that. And I seen early on, ain't nobody had to tell me that we lived in a perfect world. I knew I didn't. Um, and as I got to college and high school and things like that, you run into people that be like, hey, man, um, if, you're, if your neighborhood and, and the world had more money, then all of them be solved. Like, I mean, that, that, that would solve the problem. Just give them more resources. Um, I found that to be a lie. I mean, like, like, my family was doing pretty good financially, you know, um, all in all. They said, hey, man, if they were educated. It's like, man, I went off to college. And then, I mean, high school and middle school, I went to probably, like, the best middle school and high school you can go to in St. Louis without paying for it. Like, literally, anybody from St. Louis around this deal? Any, any St. Louis people in this deal? I went to Ladue High School, you know, man. I was like, man, I went to a really good high school, really good middle school. I got a really good education. Um, and I realized that, man, some of the smartest people in the world do the dumbest thing and are just as broken as the people in my neighborhood with no money. So I learned early on, it ain't just about more books, more education. That ain't going to solve the problem. You can get all the people at Harvard in this room right here, and they'll be writing down the same thing you wrote down and it'll, how it affected their family, you know? So, um, no shout out to what school you go to, but yeah, I know that thing was horrible. It's like, hey, but maybe more medicine out there, man. Hey, people need to take some pills, man. That'll fix this issue, man. Because people just mentally messed up. They keep making mistakes. Oh, they tripping. Um, we know that not to be true. Like, like the three things that, that the world is telling us, hey, more money, more education, more medicine, is going to solve all those things you put on the paper. You know that ain't going to happen. Um, there has to be something else. And that's what we're talking about today. I'm not, I'm not even trying to persuade y'all to even follow Jesus during this talk. I'm trying to persuade y'all that the message of Jesus is going to change the world. That's my goal right there. You just listen and follow with me. 
And I'm going to use some people um, that don't even um, believe in Jesus to help me out on that. Um, but um, if anybody been in a uh, summer project before, y'all all been probably exposed to the master plan of evangelism. Um, but he said, if you had had the cure of cancer, wouldn't you share it? If you had the cure to death uh, to get there um, and share it, like, like if you had the cure of cancer, like you would share it. Like if we had the cure of COVID, like if you can just go out there today and you just had that, that pill that was going to cure everybody in your family, like hey, you ain't never got to worry about getting sick or even dying from COVID. Who wouldn't share that to, to your inner circle? Anybody. Like, 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 you might not like your inner circle. Somebody in the room don't like everybody in their circle. Like, hey, somebody in my circle I would share that world with. Anybody? <laughs> the, the point is that, man, if I had, the, if I had something that was going to change their life, that was going to save them, then, man, I would share it. And I want to make the argument today that you got something way greater than the cure of COVID, way greater than the cure of cancer, way greater than, um, greater than the cure of HIV, whatever it is. Like, the message of Jesus Christ is a game changer forever. But my slides got a little mixed up. I mixed it up. But I want to just throw this up there. I'll be, I'll be looking at the news. Um, my staff team um, give me a hard time on the news, though. But um, there's some stuff that I just grabbed uh, today just to keep you all up to date with the current events, you know, man. Uh, just to show you how broken this world was. Um, but Detroit dude killed his wife and her daughter. The doctor kid's like, like, you got to be messed up to do that. Like, that is messed up. That, that's like level, like, 100 of messed up. But then the next one, I think there's 120 of the world that we live in that just show that people are literally messed up. It is a broken place. Dude shot and killed his grandma while opening up a Christmas gift. This Christmas, y'all, like, your grandma. I can understand maybe your cousin. I can understand maybe your uncle. But your grandma, like, like you killed your grandma on Christmas while opening up the gift. It's messed up, y'all. Like, like, laugh a little bit, but we laugh because, like, that is crazy right there. But, man, sin is real in the world, and it dwells in everybody. And, dude, it is dangerous. And we got the solution to that. Another one up here is just a stats of just sex straight trafficking. If I was to write down something that, like, hey, that keep me up late at night, this sex straight trafficking. I always, like, ask myself, like, like, as a black man, it's like, man, what were the white people at when slavery was going on, even though they did step up? I mean, you got them. Like, it's some white people. I always was like, man, but what about, like, the Christian white people during the time when they was just enslaved black people? Like, why they ain't say nothing? But then I'm like, hey, it's 2022, I guess, now. It's like, man, I'm a Christian, and I think about, like, slavery for women right now is, like, out this world. I was like, man, I don't want nobody asking 100 years from now. What was, like, the black Christian dudes to step up? You know, like, so I ask myself that a lot. Like, that's a weird concept. Just making y'all to my internal thoughts and all that. That stuff right there. But I'm, like, really saying, like, hey, it's messed up, man. People are enslaving women, using women, killing women, doing all these things. And it's like, man, as a Christian man, in 22, I'm just going you know, like, what am I doing? And then, that's what we all need to talk about. But, um, let's wait y'all a little bit more. Y'all may have seen this video. I love this video. I share this video almost every last one I talk. It don't matter if I'm talking about money. It don't matter if I'm talking about Jesus. It don't matter if I'm talking about leadership. This is my go-to dude right here, man. Uh, even a Christian, that's what I like about it. And it's going to be the best five minutes of your life when you're talking about Christian stuff, y'all, man. So take notes. Pay attention to this dude right here. Okay? This is my dude, Penn, the magic man, you know, man. Google him. He the real deal and all that good stuff. Five minutes. He, he don't believe in God. He, he asks, he's an atheist, not agnostic. Like, he knows there's no God. And this is what he says right here. This is what I'm trying to persuade y'all. Like, really, y'all, man. Check them out. <laughs> 
we're talking about this. Uh, I'm your host of the show, and at the end of the show, as I've mentioned before, we go out and we, uh, we talk to folks, you know, sign the occasional autograph, shake hands, and so on. So there was one guy waiting over to the side, the, um, what I call the hover position, after I was old, thought, big guy, probably about my age. Big guy. And um, he had been the, um, the guy who has uh, pitched the joke during our psychic comedian section of the show. Uh, so he had the props from that in his hand, because he'd give those away, kind of, from the joke book and the, and the envelope and the paper and stuff. He hadn't seen the live show. That's not worth explaining. He had props from the show that he'd given him the night before. Uh, he wasn't the guy that night. And he walked over to me and he said, um, I was here last night at the show, and uh, uh, I saw the show that I liked and I wanted to was very complimentary about my use of language and um, complimentary about, you know, honesty and stuff. I said nice stuff. No reason to go He said nice stuff. And then he said, I brought this for you. And he handed me a uh, Gideon pocket edition. Um, I thought it was from the New Testament, but I also thought it was Psalms from the New Testament, right? Uh, Psalms, just part of the New Testament. A little book about this big, this thing, you know. He said, I wrote in the front of it. And I wanted you to have this. I'm kind of. Uh, Proselytizing. I mean, he said, I'm a businessman. I'm, I'm saying I'm not crazy. But he looked me right in the eye and did all of this. And uh, it was really wonderful. I believe he knew that I was an atheist. But he was not uh, defensive, and he looked me right in the eyes. And he was truly complimentary. It wasn't in any way, it didn't seem like empty flattery. He was really kind and nice and sane, and looked me in the eyes and talked to me. And then gave me this Bible. And I've always said, you know, that I, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell, and people could be going to hell, or not getting eternal life, or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling on this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people shouldn't cross the dice, just leave you alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not cross the dice? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that. I mean, if I believe, you know, a shadow of a doubt, that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackled you. And this is more important than that. And I've always thought that, and I've written about that, I've thought of it conceptually. This guy was a really good guy. He was polite and honest and sane and he cared enough about me to proselytize and give me a, a Bible, 
which had written in it a little note to me, uh, not very personal, but just would like to show and so on. And then like five phone numbers for the email address if I wanted to get in touch. Now, I know there's no God, and one polite person living his life right doesn't change that. Uh, but I'll tell you, he was a very, very, very good man. And uh, that's really important. And with that kind of goodness, uh, it's okay to have that deep of a disagreement. I still think that religion does a lot of bad stuff, but man, that was a good man who gave him that book. That's all I want to say. So yeah, God is most like, hey man, tell me up there, Christian up there to persuade us to tell people about you. Nope, because we're atheists, dog man. That mother is legit. Atheist dudes that I want to respect y'all if you genuinely wrote down those people on that piece of paper or your phone and not tell them about Jesus. Like atheist dudes, I can't even respect you because you say that man, that's the access to eternal life. That's access to somebody experience the love of Jesus Christ like me, like you. Um, then they can't say, how much do you actually gotta hate? People, not to tell them about Jesus. Like, how much do you got to hate the people you just put on a piece of paper on the phone to tell them about the love that you're experiencing from God? Like, dang, that's from an atheist, y'all. That ain't that ain't Tim Keller. That ain't John Piper. That, that's an atheist who understand that if the Bible is real, which you say it's not, but if the Bible is real, dude, you, it's it's the business of a Christian, of a follower of Christ, somebody, a child of God, to tell people about the amazing Father. You know, he understands that, and that's all I want to persuade y'all today. That's all. Like, like, and we ain't even talking about nothing else. Just persuading y'all in the world. Let's go ahead and look at um, little verse right here. This is Matthew nine. You know, man, been around camp thirty long enough. You got this, baby. Memorize. But let's go ahead and read it. Matthew nine thirty five thirty eight. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Um, Jesus knew that the solution was to send out people to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. A laborer is somebody who's just working hard to deliver the message of eternal life to their friends and their family members. So he's saying, hey, let's pray to God to raise up laborers. I get super excited that all y'all little suckers in this room listening to this message because if you get this, he had 12 people who understood this. And then that will multiply to about 3 billion people today. There's at least 200, uh, you know how many people in this deal, you know, in this room that if y'all get this, man, the world will be changed tomorrow. Like hands down, y'all. If it's, that's 800 people, maybe, on the pieces of paper somewhere, that lives will be changed if you just walk out of here and say, hey, my new, new Year's resolution is to tell people about this amazing love that I experienced. Um, that's a game changer right there. Um, things I just want to highlight in the passage. Then we talked about the brokenness. We talked about the problems. He said that the crowds were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The things that you put on a piece of paper are like today's version of sheep without a shepherd. They're harassed. Uh, the sexual trafficking, the murder, the fatherless kids, um, the, the rape, like all those things that you put on your piece of paper um, or in your phone, um, those are the things that Jesus was talking about, the brokenness of the world. Um, 
then he tells us what the solution is. But before we go into the, the little brokenness, and, and if you was here a few times, I always share the story um, about, about Daryl. Daryl, my cousin, he grew up with me. We did everything together, y'all, man. Um, he, he was just a little hooder than I was. Um, we grew up in St. Louis, uh, Wellston area, you know that area. Um, we did everything together. He got into drugs. I got into football. Um, he was better at football, but he was making a living, you know. Um, Daryl. Got shot and killed when I was 18 years old. Oh my. So I came to know the Lord at a summer project, well, um, at a retreat like this, New Year's conference. And then six months later, he got killed and murdered. It's like, man, at 18 years old, the person that I probably genuinely loved more than anybody else on earth, like, probably loved him more than my mom. We did everything else. He was my brother, like, at the end of the day, uh, was murdered. I understood, man, there has to be something more um, to life because of man. It was quick. And even growing up in the hood in our neighborhood, it's like, man, making 18 was like a, a miracle by itself. Um, I seen the brokenness, I seen those things. And it really just activated me just searching out for what is the greatest need uh, to these problems. And Jesus tells us right here what the greatest need is. And Jesus went throughout all of the cities and the villages teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Like, that's the answer, y'all. Like, we got to go out, we got to proclaim the goodness of Jesus Christ. And in this talk, I'm going to give y'all two tools. I'm going to share my story that every last one of y'all can share your story better than anybody in this room can share their story. Like, like, oh, man, Tony, man, you getting up in front of all these people, you, you doing a good job. It's like, hey, no matter what, I cannot share your story better than you. So you're a way better speaker than I am when you talk about yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, so everybody is qualified to do that. So I'm just going to give you a live illustration so that you can go do that with your three people, Okay. And then I'm just going to show you a little, little illustration I love. It gives a big picture of just the Bible and, and the brokenness of the world and the need for Jesus Christ and even the importance of you. Those are two illustrations, two tools you're going to leave this, um, this time that you can go uh, share with your friends. And again, as I started off, your boy only got three tools, y'all. I didn't know I was going to share with a lot of people, y'all. I'm talking about hundreds of people. Those three tools, y'all, man. I gave y'all two of them. So um, the other one costs, y'all, man. So, so you got God. The first circle, it's the three circles. I call it the gospel circle. So it's from somebody on YouTube that I thought was very good. So um, God created a perfect um, world, y'all. I mean, we see that in the garden, y'all. St. Louis, y'all um, translate that, man. My R's, they ride a little bit, though. But um, so God created them in the garden, you know, perfect. Adam and Eve, I mean, like, everything was, was peachy and clean. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything is perfect. Right? They ate the fruit, sin entered into the world. So um, I tell people all the time what the fruit is, man. I find out it's a mango, y'all, man. Because it was so sweet, it's like, hey, it makes sense. That man, them suckers will break the law of God for a mango, man. If you had a real good mango, oh my God, y'all. Oh my God. You got to get it in Central America, off the side of the road. That's the real mango, you know, man. The ones at Sam's and um, Costco and all those places, they ain't about nothing, y'all. So, seeing entrance to the world and brokenness. And we see that. Like, right after Adam and Eve sin, you know, they get removed from the garden. There's consequences and repercussions for the action. But then, they kids start murdering people. Like, like, we're talking about the domino effect of sin. That's how the things that you put on your piece of paper came to exist. Right here. Sin came to the world. Brokenness came. And that's the cycle that we're continuing to live in right now, to this day. All right? And the next one is that, man, the only real way to get out of brokenness is to turn and believe in Jesus Christ, y'all. Like, 
That's the third circle. The amazing God of the universe who was sitting up on the throne of heaven came down on earth and died for me and you. Despite all the lies I told, despite all the times I had sex and I wasn't supposed to, despite all the crap that I had done, like he died for me, knowing all this stuff. Like he came from heaven, died on the cross for Tony Dennis, Sarah, and Bob. <laughs> but he literally did it for every last one of us in the room. All right? And as you embrace Jesus Christ and your Lord and Savior, you get to grow in your relationship. And growing your relationship is a sanctification um, process, okay? Like, you're, you're becoming more like him, and that's where it's going back into perfection. You're like, you're going back into the way that it was designed to be, okay? Like, we're all on that journey, if you truly do believe in Jesus Christ. It don't just end there. That's where we be missing out. So we're really talking about this part right here. And then you go. So many of y'all in this room, man, you, you have experienced the goodness of Jesus Christ. You understand what it what it feels like to be forgiven for all the crap that you did in the world and to be loved and be, to be fully known. You understand it. And then God is saying, hey, I'm sending you out into the world to draw the rest of my family members back into this family. Like, that is the beauty of the gospel. Like, you take this tool, you go share with your friends, they'll get a big picture of the world. All right? But then, I don't downplay it. The rest of the verse, people normally skip over y'all, man. He said, hey, I'm, I'm sending you, well, that's the solution, my bad. Um, so, my story right here. I got my, my homeboy, Stu, right there. This is my baptism um, on the screen. And Stu, how many of y'all, like, hey, campus already staff um, came into my life, my, 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 my years in college, and, and helped me um, grow my faith? Like, raise your hand. Like, like, like man, campus already staff came. My same story, y'all. This happened 15 years ago. Ball head white dude. Knock on my door and door, uh, ask him to play flag football, come in and play video games, watch ESPN together. Became one of my good friends. Like, genuinely became one of my friends. Like, and then, because he became my friend, he told me about his friend, Jesus Christ. And that friend changed my life forever, y'all. I mean, we had some awkward conversations. I remember, I mean, this, this back in the day, this Tim Tebow think dominating um, in uh, Florida days, you know what I mean? Like, so we, it's a while ago, you know? So we in there watching ESPN, and then you see Tim Tebow, like y'all already know Tim dude. We walk around with his 316 on his, um, his little uh, iBag, whatever the thing is. And, and Stu, we watch ESPN chilling in my dorm room, and this kept like, hey, on a scale of one to 10, if you was a guy today, we you go to heaven? <laughs> like, and then me and my roommate, like, me and my roommate, and my roommate is lost as all get out, y'all. Like, 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 we, I was lost, but my roommate was lost as all get out. Like, he, he loved being lost. I was trying to, I was trying to dabble, you know. Um, so, so I look at my roommate, like, this is my best friend. We went to college together. We did, like, we, we decided everything together. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to be a good friend. Answer before he answered, you know, like, because, of, hey, this is not going to be good if he answered. So he said, scale of one to ten, if you die today, would you go to heaven? Uh-uh. Ten, absolutely convinced. Zero, like, there's no point getting in line. And I'm like, six, baby, you know, like, here we go. And I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm like confident and like excited about my answer, too. Like, like I, I saved Billy, that was my friend, you know. Um, and then I also, I'm like, I still get in, you know what I mean? Like, because all my tests at this point, like a D, you still pass the class, you know what I mean? Like 60% D. And then I find out people got different skills, you know, uh, later on in life. But so he probably was confused. I was like, six is good to go, bro. Barely, but I'm in. Um, 
And then he proceeded to tell me about Jesus. And dude, it was awkward. Like he got done talking. It was like, it was just quiet. Like, what is this dude talking about? We, we watching football, bro. Like, killing the mood. Um, and then he invited me to a Bible study, invited me to a weekly meeting, invited me to a conference. And then um, on that journey, I fell in love with God. Like, like, I grew up going to church, y'all. So I wasn't like this. I wasn't even an atheist, dude. I was on campus running wild. But I grew up in a Christian environment, you know. Like, my mama made us go to church for at least eight years before I showed up to college, you know. And, dude, I was faking until I make it. So we all in this room faking until you make it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you sitting in this room like, yeah, man, my friends, they really don't know that I don't believe this crap. That, that's okay. But you got to be honest with yourself, though. Just identify it. And that's how I came to know the Lord at the conference. It was a time. It was a moment at the conference. The speaker was like, hey, three type of people in the room. Some of y'all, you don't want to be here. Um, some of y'all, man, you really are Christian. You're on your faith. And some of y'all don't know where you stand. I want all three of y'all to do me a favor. Just bow your head, close your eyes, and just be honest with God. I shot up a prayer to God like, hey, man, I ain't never been around this many Christians in my life. Like, like I ain't never been around this many white people in my life. White Christians. Like, I was like, I was like, God, I don't know where I'm at. But one thing I know, I don't have what some of these people have in this room. Like, they genuinely love you. Please reveal to me by the end of this conference where I stand with you. That was my prayer. And dude, by the end of the night, well, by the end of the conference, man, I just feel like God just spoke to me. Like, hey, Tony, you simple as all get out, but I love you. And I got a solution. I sent my son down the cross. Like, I remember that day, like, clear. I'll never forget that day. Like, like the verses from childhood and all times I was falling asleep in church, somehow started going through my mind. And I was like, dude, man, I want to try God. I ain't know what to do. I ain't know how to do it. But I came back, and I told him, like, some of y'all are going to come to know the Lord. Um, you got to tell people. That, that was like, that's the next step. I told Stu, this cat tell me, tell the whole campus, I'm over shaking, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and ain't even point to what I said. Um, uh, it ain't point. I ain't been, I've been around a lot of white people, y'all, because I went to a, a white high school, but I ain't never really been around white people, you know what I mean? Like, like friends, you know? And this is my freshman year, and I'm in a campus time, and I just become a Christian, and this is what I say. It's, it's somebody on um, Indiana State. I think y'all know Lindsay. But this is exactly what I say. Hey, man, I, I just, be honest with y'all, man, I really do believe that um, I started a relationship with God last night. I ain't never been around this many Caucasians in my life. <laughs> like, I just want to make y'all know y'all love me, and I appreciate that, you know what I'm saying? All right, I remember that day. Stu told me to tell the campus, and then he told me to go home and tell my family. So I'm talking, I didn't tell, it was about, what, 50 people that night I told? And then next week, he said, hey, go tell your family. I get my family together, we all in the, um, the kitchen, and I literally tell my family, and they start clapping, like, hey, confused and everything. I'm like, okay, it ain't as bad as it gets, you know? And then I get bold. I get super bold now. I'm telling my homeboys now. I'm talking about my high school dudes. We play football together and everything. So we go to the school, um, the high school, over the break to play some basketball. They driving me home. And I'm like, dude, everybody at the campus time celebrating when I came to know the Lord. My family celebrated when I came to know the Lord. So I got my three closest friends still to this day. Um, so we pull up to my house. We get in the car. And I was like, hey, y'all. I got something to tell y'all. Like, yeah, what up, what up? Turn down the music. I'm like, hey, man, I went to this conference last week, and dude, man, the way we've been living is wrong. Like, we gotta turn and go to Jesus, y'all, man. I don't know what I'm supposed to do next, but all I know, man, we gotta change our lives, man, and follow this Jesus dude, man. And dude, nobody said nothing. Still to this day, like nobody, like, 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 I'll put this on everything, y'all. 
we were at my house. I was gonna get my car there to drop me off. There was literally like five minutes of complete silence. Four dudes in the car. And I'm like, somebody gonna say something. So I just get out, I was like, all right, I'll see y'all later. Still to this day, nobody has brought up that conversation. Like, oh. So that's the third, third group of people I shared um, with. So then, so that, that was like the second week of January. So next week, I'm back in school, and still like, hey, we read our Bible, we pray, and we share the gospel. And I'm just gonna share some of the stories that people share the gospel. And I'm sharing stories of all the stories that are kind of like college days. I ain't sharing the stories as, um, as a minister of the gospel, a campus outreach staff. I'm sharing. Like, New Year's conference, my freshman year. Um, if you're serious about this right here, y'all, like, if, if you're serious, you came to this talk because you really wanted to, not to please your staff, not to dog on, not to go to some talk that you should have went to. Like, if you came here because you're serious about, like, evangelism and helping your friends go to faith, go to Summer Project. Like, like hands down. Like, go overseas, preach the gospel, or go on Summer Project. Campus are offering every summer. Like, I'm being so serious. Like, listening to me talk ain't that big of a deal. But eight, ten weeks of hearing how to actually show your faith will change your life forever. I did that. So six months after I came to the Lord at the conference, I showed up to um, my summer project, 10 weeks of training. I became an RA because I was like, hey, I'll become an RA, you know, do what I do. Um, and then I show up the first day as an RA, and I just start praying over every room on my floor. You know, I'm still rough off, ain't been around that many white people. So my prayer to God is like, hey, God, Put all the black dudes on campus, on my floor. I'm going to share the gospel with every last one of these dudes. Like, like bring them, God. I'm going to lead them to Christ, man. You, you make it happen. We're going to do this together. I had one black dude out of 35 uh, dudes on my floor. All white dudes on my floor. But I was like, hey, God, I'm sharing with everybody. I ain't know what I was talking about. I ain't even good at talking. But I was like, hey, we're going to do this, you know. And one of the dudes came to know it. John work. Like, where is little white dude in the world at the time, y'all, man? Walking around with a Spider-Man book bag. Some of y'all probably got that. No big deal. But dude professed faith in Jesus Christ and fell in love with God. And then he came to know the Lord in like August. And then in March, he like, hey, I'm serious about this Jesus thing. Hey, all of y'all, we had a little group of people who came to know the Lord summer. Hey, this spring, let's go home. And I want to share the gospel with my family. I ain't never been outside of Missouri at the time, and they lived in Florida, and I'm like, bet, you know what I'm saying? He said, like, I'll pay for us to get down there. Y'all can stay for me free. We go to the beach and everything. I'm like, bet, let's do it. We get down there. We share the gospel with his brother. He professed faith in Jesus Christ, and he was living a wild life. His brother come to know the Lord, and then his daddy come to the Lord, and his mom come to the Lord. It's like, dang, that's all of them right there. Basically, his brother ain't in that deal. But he ended up getting married and everything. It's like, man, his family changed forever some dudes on the college campus sharing three tools. <laughs> they testimony, that little diagram I got you, some other thing. You know what I mean? Bridge diagram, the other thing. You already know that. Somebody shared it with you. Alright, go ahead. Walter. So this is my sophomore year. Stu was like, hey, let's just go out and share the gospel together. And it was starting to get like weird though. Like every time people see White Stu and Tony Galea, you already know what they're gonna be talking about. Jesus, like, man, you kinda, I can't even be an undercover Christian, man, when you're walking next to me, you know? Like, I got Stu with me and everything. But we went to the dorms. Walter was a um, freshman. Got to share the gospel with Walt over and over. At some point, he started running away from me when he seen Stu coming. He's like, dang, man, you know? But, and man, it, it was crazy because I shared with, with Walter so many times. And he didn't, like, he didn't come to the Lord in, in person. He went home for the summer. His grandmother died. 
She died, and he just started reading. He started thinking about the verses that we talked about. He pulled up some diagrams, and he came back at the end of this summer. It was like, hey, Tony, hey, I profess faith in Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm ready to rock and roll, man. Let's, let's, let's get Bible together. It's like, I didn't even get to see him coming to the Lord. God was working in his life. And he had the message when he needed it the most. Like, he loved his grandma. So he had the, the gospel seeds already for the time that he needed the most, man. Thank God he turned to Jesus instead of something else. So, another story. Artez, put him on their families right here. That this, I shared the picture. I could have shared the pictures of us um, when we was young, slim, and all that good stuff in college. But I shared the pictures of them older as they get married, as they got families. I wasn't thinking about their families when I was just telling them my little bridge diagram at the time. Man, families and generations change forever. Artez, me and Stu, going out sharing the gospel. He comes to the dorm. I share the gospel with him. And he shared the gospel with him. I share the gospel with him. And he comes to know the Lord, man. He a pastor in Memphis. Like, man, I would sit under this dude and let him teach me about God now. Um, um, John McGurk is a pastor. He's a missionary that's going to go to Indonesia right now. Walter Jackson was a pastoral intern. It's like, like, I had no clue that the little weird little kids that I was sharing with on the college campus was going to be pastors leading hundreds uh, at a time. Man, that right there, that's changing sex grade trafficking somewhere. That right there is changing, dog, on the murder rate. That right there is changing um, fatherless kids, the things that I care about the most. Like, these dudes killing the game now um, in all of those areas. So, but the reality of it is, that's what I meant to um, say earlier. But go your way, behold, I'm sending you out as lamb in the midst of wolves. Like, that mug ain't going to be easy. I'll share with y'all. I'll share with my three closest friends. Them suckers went mute on me. You know what I mean? Like, like I, it ain't going to be an easy thing, but ain't nothing easy in life. Anybody try to lose some weight recently? Like, it ain't easy. You know what I mean? All good things. Like, anybody got a relationship right now? Like a boyfriend, girlfriend type deal, you know what I mean? Like, it ain't easy to maintain it. All good things take work. It, it's hard work. And then, Jesus just letting us know up front. Like, as you go out here, and you want to be about that life, and you want to tell people about me, like, it's going to be hard. And I think about, um, uh, a little DL movie, if I show you my multiplication tree, he'll be in this deal. But, um, Chicago is known for the great Chicago fire. Like, even if you, you see a lot of the, um, the teams, like the soccer team is the, the fire, and even UIC Flames and things like that. Like they, the, the city was changed forever. A fire broke out and burned everything down, y'all, man. It was crazy. D.L. Moody was like one of the big time pastors at the time. And he um, he was doing revivals at the time. Revivals when you get a lot of people come to the room, tell them about Jesus. Then you tell them, come back, tell them about Jesus and all that good stuff. So I think he was doing like a, a two-day, three-day revival. And he get up there, he set it all up. He tell them about um, God and everything, but he did not call them to repent. He did not do an altar call. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't do a point of decision. So he did the revival the first night and everything. The next day, the fire breaks out, and we're talking about hundreds of people all uh, die. Like like the city has changed forever. I think the church burnt. Like everything um, all broke out. And then um, this is where the, the thing comes in. It changes ministry. It changes life forever. I would rather have that right hand cut off than to give an audience a week now to decide what to do with Jesus. Like, he experienced, like, as I'm telling people about God, I delayed the message and people died. This dude, after that, became one of the greatest preachers in, like, the history of our country. And I kind of experienced that a little bit with Daryl. It motivated me to understand life is a vapor. And, man, who am I to wait to deliver the love of Jesus Christ to tell people about God? Um, 
put this little um, goofy picture up there just to do one more time of just emphasizing the Orlando project or the summer project, the mountain project, the wherever your project gonna be at um, this summer. And even if you get an opportunity to do the CCP, some of y'all already been challenged to this opportunity, y'all. I don't even know you. I know I don't know you, like, like I don't. But I do know and I can guarantee that if you're serious about changing the world, if you're serious about re reducing the brokenness in the world, if you're serious about doggone communicating love to the masses, then dude, just say yes to your opportunity. Don't even waste your time, don't talk to your mama, don't talk to your, your professor, you don't need to go talk to no other mentor, don't talk to your friend. I'm telling you, like I'm being 100% serious. The training, like you ain't have to talk to nobody to go to college, you know what I mean? Like you know training was gonna get you the training you needed for a job. If you wanna get the training to be about God's business, summer project, sign up today. Like, like, and if you like, hey Tony, you don't know why you should holler at me, I'll be walking around. You know, man, I'll have my fool's hat on. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll talk to you about whatever you got. I'm being so serious. If you're serious, if you're not serious, don't waste just that time. I mean, it's people. All we need is 12 people to change the world. So there'll be at least 12 people in summer project. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> but if you're serious, the summer project. And I'll put this on here just to show another uh, illustration. It ain't gonna be easy. I remember being on summer project. Because on the summer project, you get to do it with people over and over and over, sharing the gospel. Uh, we're down in Orlando on the summer project, and um, I got uh, one of my one of my guys with me, and we go share the gospel, y'all. Um, and I pull up, cause, cause, like in this room right here, you see a dude with dreads, uh, six two, uh, with tats on his neck. You like, yeah, I ain't, I ain't going to share with him. That's the dude I feel comfortable sharing with. Like, them all my cousins. You know, I know what to say to him. I know how to connect with him. I see him. I'm like, hey, let's go. Got my little white dude with me, you know. And he's terrified, shaking in his boots. And I'm like, hey, let's go. Like, like, we about this life. I picked the easy person for me, the hard person for him, you know what I mean? Like, but hey, let's go, man. We about this life. Um, and I walk up to him. We sharing with him, you know, a little simple bridge diagram and everything. He acting like he vibing for a second, you know. And all of a sudden, um, tell me I mean, it's like, he go like this, you know, like, I mean, man, in the hood, that ain't no good thing. He's telling me, hey, people, let's, let's go, you know. Um, and then his family come over. The mama show up, like, oh, they got easy, man. I'm thinking some, 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 some hood cats finna show up. Man, you bring your mama, like, this ain't about nothing, you know. And then his, his, his grandma show up, his auntie show up, his little sister show up, they all coming. Hey, they destroyed us, y'all, man. Like, like, I'm talking about, like, hey. They were Jehovah's Witness, and they was prepared for everything I had to say, y'all. Like, like everything I had to say. Like, I didn't even, I ain't, I ain't gonna win no argument. I didn't even communicate right words. I was like, dude, I have no clue what's going on. And I was like, hey, y'all, thank y'all so much for y'all time. We're gonna continue to go get some ice cream somewhere. So, cool off on this one. So, walking away, these cats get up on the little chairs it was on, and was like, it's just start chanting, y'all. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most embarrassing thing I ever experienced in my life. And then I got my homeboy with me. <laughs> like he's terrified, turning red, and everything. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is horrible, y'all. I share this story mainly because man, it ain't gonna be easy. It ain't gonna be easy. Um, it is. It, it is gonna be hard. It's gonna be embarrassing. It's gonna be times where you just like, dude, what the heck did just happen? Um, it's, it, I got a lot of those stories, y'all. That's just like the funny one, you know. But that night, I went home. I ordered. Dog on every book on how to explain the Bible, how to share my faith, and I stayed up night just praying, God, help me become a better minister of the gospel. Cause that sucked today. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it motivated me to be a person that communicates the love of Jesus Christ a little bit better. You know? But where did I get that? 
on the summer project that I said yes to. I'm going to end with this right here. Um, and I share it with Daryl. Daryl, my best friend. Uh, Daryl was my brother. Uh, Daryl got shot and killed. And, and a lot of times I, I just explain. And on my summer project opportunity, so in May, I come back home. We all go back home in May, you know, because of the semester over with. And I'm raising support to go on this mission trip. And Daryl, 18 years old, he got the car, he got the fat rim, he got the gold, he got the chains, like he's killing the game, you know what I mean? I'm an accountant, wannabe freshman on degree, you know, and he making bank, you know what I mean? And I get in the car with him. Man, he got no car, you know, went off to college, you know, um, wasting my time. And he, um, yeah, man, grandma told me that you, um, that you finna um, do this Christian thing, and you serious about it, you finna go on this little missionary thing, um, and you he, he raising some money. He said, I got you. Like, what you mean you got me? Like, I got, don't even worry about it. Stop asking people, I got you. It's like, what you mean you got me? He said, man, I'll pay for it. I was like, bet, bet. <laughs> he said, but, but for real, don't you? But you serious about this Jesus thing? And I paused. He get as quiet as it was when I was with my, my four friends in the car. And this is my moment to tell them about Jesus. This is my moment to ex express my love that I've been experiencing over the last six months. This is my moment to like, to be about that life, you know. And this is what I say. I say, yeah, grandma and mama was right. Like, that's all I said. I get out the car. Next thing I did, I called Stu. Like, is it cool that I use drugs money to pay for my own pocket? <laughs> uh, and then I just go on my business. And a few weeks into my summer project, so within three weeks later, from getting out of the car with Don Darrell, he got shot and killed. It wasn't the fact that he got shot and killed that messed me up. I, his little brother got killed when we was growing up. Man, my uncle got killed. Like, we, I was exposed to death already. But what messed me up is the fact that I said, Grandma and Mama was right. Like, I ain't telling them about Jesus. Like, the dude that I love the most, like, I ain't telling them about Jesus. I don't know where this cat is. I'm going to see him up in heaven one day. He's going to be like, dang, the, the, the dude down the street told me about Jesus. Why you ain't tell me? You know what I'm saying? Or he ain't going to be up there and only thinking, dang, they care about Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, man. I think about that. I live my life now, like, man, I just don't want that to happen again. I just don't want you to experience that with the people you put on your list. But I also don't want you to experience with the people that God put in your life. Like, your cousins, your family members, your classmates, your teammates, your sorority sister. Like, God intentionally put them there so that you can be a part of this solution. So, y'all think about that. I'm going to pray. But, man, don't walk out of this deal and not think about those three people. I walk out of this deal thinking about all the brokenness. You can be a person that they can talk about the, the politicians messing up the world. You can talk about the all that crap, the liberals and the conservatives messing up the world. Or you can be about their life and talk about the only thing that really matters to change the world. And that's the message of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you. We thank you for the fact that when we all fell short, that you got out of heaven and came down on earth and died for every last one of us. God, I pray that, that we just be obedient, that we be people that's willing to go, that we don't, we don't be punks, that we don't um, just get scared, we don't be um, a slave to our, our flesh, that we really do genuinely just fall in love with you so much that we can't shut up telling people about you. We love you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others. But please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach. For more information, 
We invite you to visit us online at conyc.com.